Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Everybody, welcome back to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am super excited that you guys are here. If you are brand new, I am Pamela, aka the Picky Bookworm, and I love promoting indie books, indie authors. I hope you have checked out my website. I've ho- I hope you've listened to previous episodes. But if you are new, absolutely welcome. I hope you have a great time. I am with Carl Kites. Keats or uh, Kites. Doesn't matter. Keats or Kites. Okay. I'm going to say Keats because uh, that actually. It's actually comes. a big split in my family. Uh, half of them go with Kites and half of them go with Keats. No joke. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I like Keats because um, there's actually a famous author named Keats. So we're going to go with Keats. Um, but Carl, um, I sent out, I believe, a tweet a couple of weeks ago asking for um, guests, uh, and Carl requested uh, to come be on the show. So we are going to talk books, we're going to talk life, we're going to talk everything in between, and I hope you guys have a great time. So grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline, we're going to get started. Carl, how's it going? Uh, It's going good, going good. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and and right before we hit record i told you that we were going to risk um mowers um mowers and blowers outside they've been going since eight o'clock this morning it is driving me crazy but i told you we were going to have to risk it pretty much as soon as i said carl hey what's up i heard them outside you know what you're gonna have you're gonna have the nicest lawn on the block those guys are working hard, man. So it's yeah, I live in an apartment and they I don't know I don't know how they choose their schedule, but they have they have shown up on like a Tuesday at six o'clock in the evening. They have showed up on like a Sunday morning at seven o'clock. We don't have a set schedule here and it's really frustrating because it's hard to plan when you don't have a safe space in your apartment that doesn't have windows you know my bedroom has two windows one of them has a sidewalk right outside so you know they're gonna be messing around out there so i'm like we're just gonna have to risk it and hope it doesn't get too noisy but i did want to make a note for the listeners just in case because if it gets too bad I'm going to hit stop recording and we're going to like take a break for a second and then start recording again. So um, hopefully it won't be in the middle of a sentence, but we'll see. Watch, watch. They uh, they set, they set their schedule based on when you're going to record a podcast. 
Like there's, I could see a guy peeking in through the window behind you. He's like, all right, she's recording. Go get the blower's gone. <laughs> Which is really funny. Cause I have a, a curtain. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm just, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's no, it's totally fine. Um, no, it's, um, I, you know, I record every Saturday for the most part, they're usually either done or they haven't started yet during my recording time. Today is like a total fluke. I, I don't even, I don't get it. Oh, but, Pamela, now they're near your schedule. It's over now. They're going to, they're going to be mowing out there every Saturday. <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, Cause then I will just, you know, find a new time to record, but. <laughs> anyway, so real quick, uh, before we get too into the whole like mower thing, um, real quick, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, when you started writing, why you started writing, and something that inspires you. Sure. Um, okay, so uh, I I've always been like a really focused person, like I can't not commit 100% to something. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to be a video game designer. And I actually took a career path that was going down that path. I was actually a video game tester for a while, trying to break into the industry. Um, and I got kind of disillusioned uh, being a tester. Being a tester is hard. It's really long hours. You're not really very much appreciated. Um, and I sort of, I kind of, I, I fell out of interest of video games. And it's, it's, and it was really, really hard for me for a while. But, you know, it, after kind of like looking around and thinking about what I really wanted to do, I really just the, the reason I wanted to design video games is because I wanted to tell stories. Um, so I've always been a person that's really focused and really, really like narrowed into something. And I can't do something halfway. I have to go all the way or, or that's it. Um, so I, I started writing. I started doing short films um, and they had like a budget of zero. And it was just like. I'd call in every single favor, every single time I could. <laughs> um, and eventually my short films, uh, their budget kind of like, I needed more of a budget than zero. Uh, so, <laughs> um, except I, I didn't want to really, I don't know, man, being being that focused and being so like narrowly driven by something, right? Like I, I didn't have the patience to go looking for money to make those things. I just wanted to make them, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I started writing full screenplays um, and I got really into that for a while. I wrote a couple screenplays. I entered a few screenwriting competitions. Um, okay. I had a few short films playing in short film festivals and stuff like that. Um, I won a few awards. Person. You're seriously, you are my new favorite person. So I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you like finish your, finish your talk. But I, yeah, I no, want to talk about this. I want to talk about the screenplays because I am going to like shove you into a hole, um, so to speak. So go ahead and go ahead and finish, but don't let me forget that I, I want to talk screenplays for, for a minute. Sure. Sure. So, um, and the problem with, with writing movie scripts is that you really need funding for them and you need somebody to buy into them. And the screenwriting industry is so like out of control. Like, um, I, I had a screenwriting teacher that, that, told me like this literally happened to a friend of his where he wrote a script and it was great. Right. And he got a producer on board and he was like super excited. And you think, yes, producers on board. Right. But the producer said, I want to change A, B, C, and D. Right. And the writer said, fine, I'll change A, B, C, and D. This is kind of how it works. 
you know, like you're the only producer I've got. So he changed A, B, C, and D. It wasn't that big of a change anyway. Um, and then like, lo and behold, like, holy cow, like an A-list celebrity was like, I love this script. Let's do it. Right. And then the A-list celebrity was like, but I want to change A, B, C, and D. So the writer said, cool, I'll change A, B, C, and D. Like, you're a very important person to this. Like, da, da, da. Right. And then like, oh, my God, they got a, an A-list director. And like now everybody's ecstatic, like, oh my God, we got this A-list, we got a great producer, we got an A-list director, we got an A-list actor, we've got everything like all set. And of course the director came in and said, I want to change A, B, C, and D. And then the lead actor looked at it and went, well, I don't like the changes of A, B, C, and D. And the producer said, yeah, I don't like the changes to A, B, C, or D either. And the director was pretty much like, well, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so everybody bounced, the project got dropped, right? And his script was unsellable after that point because they were like, no, 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 so-and-so dropped it. So you don't want that. So it was kind of like it, it got dropped based on changes that, that he didn't make. And that's like the screenplay industry is it's super like getting a screenplay made into a movie is one in a million shot. Like everything, like the stars have to perfectly align, like everything. And plus there's like a billion people going for like a hundred jobs, you know? Um, so I just... Again, being partially kind of because I'm impatient, I was like, I don't have the patience to go find a producer. So I started writing novels. <laughs> so here I am today. I've written three books, um, which also explains why I self-published, because they were like, write these query letters. And I was like, no, um, I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I, I, have, I have a lot of authors, uh, author friends who you know, chose to self-publish because they wanted to retain that creative license and that creative freedom. And I I have one friend that she oh. had, she had chosen to self-publish. And so she self-published like three, three or four books, I think it was. And a small press publisher came to her and wanted to publish her books got all excited, started working with them, and is now in the middle of a massive series rewrite. Because, and there's my husband, um, because of making all kinds of noise. Um, you know, miss the middle of a massive rewrite because the, the publishers basically asked her to. And, you know, while I know that the final product is gonna be amazing, it still makes me sad because they made her change it, you know, even even going as far as the title. And I know she's she may or may not listen to the podcast anymore. I'm not entirely sure. So I'm going to you know, I'm going to be like not pub, you know, like posting her name or anything like that. But, um, you know, I you know, that was her choice to self-publish. And then she chose to to start working with this publisher and that's why a lot of people self-publish is because they want to retain that creative liberty and you know I am going to self-publish because I don't want you dictating what my cover looks like I don't want yeah. you dictating what my forward says I don't want you dictating what my acknowledgments in the back say you know and because of that you know, a lot of self-publishers, you know, with the with the creation of, you know, Amazon, KDP and, you know, Kobo and Barnes and Noble and, you know, all of these um, big bookstores saying, hey, come publish with us. 
the market is so saturated with self-published books and with small press books. And while that is amazing, because these are stories that we probably wouldn't get otherwise. Um, and if you have listened to the podcast at all, you know this is a soapbox subject for me. I will sit and talk about this for hours. Um, it's, you know, because it's so saturated, a lot of these authors, they just want to write stories. They don't know anything about marketing. And, you know, what they do know about marketing is a struggle for them because they're introverts or it's a struggle with them, you know, for them because they're extroverts and there's, you know, so having someone like me and having someone like other book bloggers and having someone, you know, like people who post on Instagram all the time, having that team, for lack of a better word, behind these books enables authors like you and authors, you know, like my friend um, to receive that promotion and to hopefully introduce their books to people who maybe wouldn't see them otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I just, I started writing, I wrote a few query letters and it, while I was writing them, I just remember thinking to myself, like, this is dumb. I could be writing something else. <laughs> <laughs> I could be writing another story. Yeah. 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 I, um, it was, it's kind of funny. My, um, my friend Caroline, um, the, the woman who drinks wine or does her laundry, excuse me, does her laundry, um, while she listens to the podcast, um, she told me one day I made some comment about I'm never going to write a book and she popped off with never say never Pam she's like I bet you're I bet eventually you're going to write a book and I'm like I have no desire to write a book my husband the other day about two days ago looks at me and goes you know enough about book writing and you know enough about publishing that you could probably write your own book. And I went, no, no, not going to happen. And I was like, I suck at dialogue. And he goes, I can help you with dialogue. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, the only way that I would choose to write a book is if you write it with me. Oh. And we make it like a blog serial. I was like, you know, like a weekly kind of like Kindle Vela, but I would publish on my website. Yeah, you know, I got I it, like, got and it. then when it's done, then I can turn it into a book and like sell in my shop on my website. Okay. And you know, I was like, but my husband would have to do it with me. I was like, I am not gonna write it by myself. <laughs> but I did just but I did come up with a title. It's going to be a contemporary romance entitled The Psychopath's Guide to Love. Nice. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm the opposite of you. I, I would write a book with nothing but dialogue. I, I, I love writing dialogue. I, I would. I. It's hard. What's really hard for me is getting it to sound natural. Okay. All right. You know, I watch a few I Kevin Smith go, movies. You'll be fine. 
I would either I would either have the um the redneck hick from Backwater, Alabama speaking like they're a PhD candidate from Manhattan. Or I would have the PhD candidate from Manhattan talking like a backwater hick from Oklahoma. Well, okay. <laughs> there I would mean, be so, no in between. I would not be I, able to. <laughs> well, so I mean, like, so if you think about historically, right, like characters that are that are kind of like crisscrossed like that, they kind of work. Like you think of like Hannibal Lecter, right, who's like a cannibal murderer, right, and he speak. He's like very learned and he's very cultured and he's very like. And you kind of wouldn't expect that from somebody like that, but that's why the character works. So I, I don't know. I think I think cross crossing characters like that can work. You want to ask me something about screenwriting? I did. Okay. okay. So my my husband and this kind of um, is a little bit discouraging based on your experience with the yeah. with the screenwriting um, area and all of that, but. Um, my husband, he's like the king of big ideas. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm the queen of like good ideas tend to be a little <laughs> bit smaller scale. My husband is the king of big ideas. So he had the idea to, um, open up an arm of the picky bookworm, um, where, we could take indie books and turn them into movies. Okay. Um, I I do not, I don't talk about it very often simply because we have not really reached a point at which we can like go full scale on it. Um, but it is definitely a dream. And um, he has basically decided that if he were able to quit his job and we were able to run the picky bookworm full time, that's the part that he would want to focus on would be, um, you know, finding the um, the screenwriters and finding the directors and, you know, all of that stuff. And you know, basically making indie movies from indie books. And so what um, rather than just outright saying, hey, can you come join our team for free and write screenplays for us? Uh, <laughs> what would be. Um, what would be a good way to approach the rather than just always going to the author and saying, hey, learn how to write screenplays and write a screenplay for your book. Um, what would be a good way to approach the the screenwriting aspect of taking a, a beloved book? Because um, I'm not going to if we're going to make movies from indie books, they're going to be ones that I love and will not change for the life of me the oh. author is going to be like a big part of the production crew and and all of that what would be something that you could like advise us on i guess in that in that aspect yeah um i would say you'd have to make the person turning it into a screenplay part of the project and kind of include them every step of the way you know and and sort of involve them in the final product like a lot of times i feel like a screenwriter they write the script then it's kind of like oh, okay we're done with you go sit in your closet and write another script while we make this thing um screenwriting is a lot different from novels um and you kind of you kind of have to you're gonna have to change the stories to make them work um a lot of the times i would say 
Um, I know you have to. I know you would have to take like some scenes out and, um, you know, kind of shorten it a little bit because you know, especially what they did with the original um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, the BBC versions. Yeah. Um, not the. Dang it. Okay, be glad that was a dang it that came out of my mouth, you guys. I'm sorry. My computer decided it needed to make noise. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Um, but the um, the original, the BBC, the good ones, as far as I'm concerned, the newer ones are terrible. Um, I, I can sit and rant about that for a while. But the um, the original ones, they ended up being like two and a half hours long. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, because they made them so close to the book. And while I love that about them, um, you know, when you're making a two hour movie from a book that's 400 pages long, there, you know, there are some things that you would have to take out. You know, I, I yeah, like there, there are rules to screenplays, you know, and there are a lot more rules, in my opinion. Having written both, there are a lot more rules to screenplays than there are to novels. Um, screenplays, screenplays like page real estate is so important. Um, it, like for example, right, like in a novel, like you can go into when you introduce a character, you can go into detail about their their clothing. You know, um, in a screenplay, unless that's like critical information to the story, like they do not want you to do that at all. Like that, like. Um, yeah, it's just one you're you're wasting that page real estate if it's not important to the story. Now, listen, if you've got a guy coming into a to rob a store and he's got a shotgun and a trench coat, then yeah, you'd mention the trench coat. But like, yeah, if, if you have to say, you know, oh, and he's wearing a big trench coat and then it never come up again, like normal editors of screenplays would be like, why did you even mention that? You know, like unless it's it's unless you're you're giving away a, a, a characteristic about about the character, it doesn't really they don't want you to mention it because now like not only are you wasting page real estate but you're kind of stepping on wardrobe's to toes at that yeah. point you know wardrobe department will be like well why like i i'm supposed to dress them i'm supposed to figure out what the character is like it's so it's they're Where just am I very... gonna find a trench coat at two o'clock in the morning yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so they're, they're, no they're just they're very very different things and uh I, I think a lot of my writing in my in my novels a lot of people have told me like um Okay, some feedback I got from somebody when I wrote my first novel was like, you don't really set up scenes very well. And in my brain, I'm going, well, yeah, it's for the scene heading. And then I was like, oh, it's a novel. They don't have those. They don't have, like, gas station nighttime. <laughs> Exterior. <laughs> oh, yeah. With one letter missing from the from the sign. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, but honestly, I got to say, like, it's it's, I feel like it's helped me a lot. Uh, with novel writing, because I, I don't really, I don't like to write a lot of description of things. And I think that comes from being in screenwriting for so long. But there's there's things you can do in writing um, that will kind of like give you a visual of a scene really, really quickly with like minimal words. Like for example, right? Like if, if uh, this is an example I like to use, if you're going into a hospital, right? And I tell you, if I say like a rusted IV, bowl, IV pole rests against a dilapidated wall, Right, immediately you go, okay, abandoned hospital, your brain fills in the rest, right? You don't really need to go into like, oh, there's dirt on the floor and there's this and that. Um, whereas if I say, you know, uh, uh, you know, a clean, shiny, uh, sterile IV pole stand straight up reflecting all the light, like again, right? Your brain builds the rest of the scene of like a white sterile hospital room. So you can, 
you can build an entire scene with just one, like by focusing on one little detail of a scene. Yeah. And I do that a lot in my books. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you kind of you kind of force force your reader force your reader's imagination in that in that regard. A, right? a little bit, yeah. Um, it, I, I guess I guess what I'm getting out of this is I'm kind of impatient. So, like when they're like, write a query letter, and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I have a I have a friend that uh, she's in the middle of querying right now, and she uh, we have a Discord server that she's part of, and she was in there asking like query questions the other day, and you know I was like, finally at one point I'm like, you know, because every agent basically requires different information. They, right. I mean, every query letter, letter has to be different. And, you know, so you can take your basic query letter and you can kind of edit around it. But, you know, then she mentioned that, you know, she's like, well, I heard somewhere that, you know, they don't even really read the query letters. I'm like, okay. So in, well, so in that respect, if they're not going to read it, they're, you know, my first thought is, okay, they're going to skim like a lot of job, like a lot of employers do for resumes. They they skim the important stuff. So make that stuff big, make that stuff bold, make that stand out so that when they're scanning your query letter, they're catching that important stuff on their way down the page. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so, I'm not... Um... I'm not like I'm not um, anybody who who writes query letters like my hat's off to you. I just I can't do it. <laughs> did, I don't did know that I patience. ever could either. Yeah, I I have I have enough trouble writing synopses for book reviews. Yeah, yeah. I, I, when it when it came time to publish my my book, they were like, "We need a back description," and I was like, "A what? A what in the what now?" <laughs> Yeah, my I have a I have a friend that um, I just recently uh, edited for her, and she sent me an email and she's like, um, "I'm having trouble with the blurb." Yeah, and I was like, and so I told her I was like, I I said when I'm done running through the book, I said I will you know write up what I think would be a good blurb. I said, and then you can like edit it. And, you know, adjust it to how, how you want it to be for, for Amazon. I said, but, you know, I, said, I can throw in a, a quick little something to at least get you started, you know, because, you know, a lot of her, a lot of her struggle in writing has been English is not her first language. Oh, and her first language is German. And so she writes, she'll write in German and then she'll translate into English. And that was part of the reason why she sent her book so early in the editing process to me is because, you know, she was like, I need somebody to go in and basically take all of the excess words out, you know, because <laughs> when you say, when you say something in German, it's it uses a lot more words than something in English, you know. And 
I am trying to think of an example for that, but I, I would have to ask her for something. Um, but you know, so she sent the, sent the book to me. And so that was, you know, a lot of the struggle that she was having was basically I have to write this blurb in English. <laughs> what? And, you know, so, you know, I basically just, you know, kind of threw in this, this short little, you know, blurb for her. And she's like, this is great. She's like, you know, this will at least get me going and get me started and get the, you know, and, but it's hard. Like I try to write a book review and my synopses are like, yeah, <laughs> less, than, less than a paragraph. It's like, this happens, this happens, this happens. What's going to happen next? Well, well, now you're making me feel uh, now you're making me feel lazy because it's like this person doesn't speak English and they they wrote a book. <laughs> I, like, Dang. <laughs> so, so now I'm gonna make you feel old. Oh, I, cool! My favorite. <laughs> sometime, sometime last year, I think it was either early 2022 or late 2021. I received a um, an email from a from an editing client, and they um, requested editing. Informed me that they were from Norway and were going to use British English. Okay, no problem. Um, I I am well versed in all four versions of English, so yeah, no problem. So there I guess are four versions of English. Canadian, American, British, and Australian. That is so messed up. Can't we just have one? <laughs> Canadian, Canadian, British, and Australian are similar. Yeah, um, yeah, they spell like color differently and stuff, yeah. But Canadian and British are different, and British and Australian are different. So, yes. Okay. And then American is, of course, way different from all of them. So, yeah. So there's Especially there's like... I've had Given to like the different well dialects and everything. Yeah. I've had to become well versed in all of them um, because I get editing clients from all over the world. I have one Dang. from Australia. I have a couple from Canada, several from Britain. But you know, this particular client, they you know were from Norway and requested British English. Okay, no problem. Get started on the book, and I get about a third to half through the book. This book is awesome. Okay. So I email the client and I'm like, okay, I am thoroughly enjoying this book. And they emailed back and basically said, I am so happy to hear you say that, to have somebody outside my family say that because I'm only 15 years old. <laughs> 15 years old, wrote a book. It's not fair. That should be if illegal. If that does not make you feel like you wasted your life, I don't know what's going to. Yes, yeah, like, I spent, when I was 15, crap. I was like, I was like playing video games, trying to eat constantly. I was reading books when I was 15 years old. I was not writing them. Yeah, it was just like, and so, but not only did they write a book they wrote a good book uh, yeah there's a difference <laughs> that was, it was 
insane how good this book was. I couldn't put it down. Like I, I think I worked like straight through for like a week on this book um, because it was so good. But then, you know, when I found out they were only 15 years old, I'm like, okay, I have wasted my life. They could be a best-selling USA Today author by the time they're like 30. Nice. If they go at this this rate. I'm like, yeah. So I've I've got a ton of ton of editing stories, but um, but yeah, that one's probably one of my favorite. Um because the, 15, 15 years old. I couldn't believe it. I was like in an absolute awe. I don't know if that I don't know if that makes me feel old. Uh, I pulled a muscle uh, eating a piece of toast the other day. That made me feel old. <laughs> I that was that was like, am I dying? I pulled a muscle in my neck and I was like <laughs> so I I have plenty of I have plenty of those stories too. Um I I tore the lateral meniscus in my right knee tripping over my cat. Oh, nice. That's a good one. It's a good story. <laughs> yeah. He I was I was making breakfast. He decided he needed my breakfast and got under my feet. I went to step over him and he moved at the same time and I yeah. Ended up, I had to go um, to uh, urgent care. I had to be in a knee brace. I had to be on crutches for three days. Yeah, not do you still, fun. Do you still have that cat? I still have the cat. Yes. What's the cat? What's the cat? What's the cat's name? Simon. His name is Simon. Simon. I yes, he is a. I've got so many pictures. He. I tell people that. Um, you know, I'm like, you walk in my apartment, my apartment reeks of spoiled cat. He is so incredibly spoiled that, yeah, I'm fairly sure that my husband worries about our kids. Um, cause if I spoil our cat this bad, there's no telling. Um, but, and I had somebody ask me once when I told them my apartment reeked of spoiled cat, they looked at me and went, what does spoiled cat smell like? I, I was going to ask that. What does spoiled cat smell like? <laughs> it, it, could be, it, it could be very morbid. <laughs> Opportunistic narcissism. Oh, what, what does that smell like? <laughs> We're just going on a rabbit hole here. <laughs> I Yeah, opportunistic narcissism. It's the, I am going to take every opportunity that I can to make everything about me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, I have two dogs. So you have um, you have your mowers and all that going on. I, I apologize in advance if my dogs start to bark. Like there is a serial killer outside of my house. Um, could be a man with an axe dogs in my back door. To do that. Could be a leaf blowing across my black backyard. Could be either one of those things and everything in between. They bark at everything. Um, I- yeah, my my mom has a um, oh, what kind of dog is he? Um, uh, I don't know. He's he's one of those little hairy ones that doesn't really have fur. He has hair. It's like bulldogs. Yeah, he's like he's this little white yappy thing. I I don't know. He's super sweet. He's yeah, he's a super sweet, super cute dog. Um, but he, you know, somebody will walk like 
a mile down the road and he will somehow hear them and <laughs> just start going absolutely crazy. So um, part of the reason why I don't want a dog. My husband wants a dog. I have informed him when we have our house, you can have a dog. I'm not going to be responsible for the dog. We're going to have a fenced in backyard. I want to be able to just open the back door or have a doggy door. I don't want to walk the dog. I no. That's why I don't have so, dogs anymore. Cats are fairly independent. Simon, true. Simon is incredibly clingy um, with me, um, not with anybody else. Um, but for the most part, he is fairly independent. I don't have to walk him outside. I don't have to worry about like opening the front door and having him try to like get out the door. You know, he's, he's safe. Um, dogs don't do that. Dogs want outside. Yeah, and yeah. No, my I, I walk my dogs like 30 times a day. I kind yeah. of enjoy it, though. Sometimes, sometimes when my dogs, like, bark at nothing, right, like, I'll kind of, um, I'll go with it, and I'll, like, run to where they're barking, and I'll be like, what is it? Show me what it is. And then, like, I'll, I'll be, it's a leaf, you got it? Good. And, like, they get super psyched about that. There's... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, both their tail their wagon they're like i did the thing and he came and looked at the thing this is awesome <laughs> i'm i'm yeah, sorry okay. i think we i think we, we got, got off topic off. i don't yeah. i don't think i never i don't think i ever answered what inspires me <laughs> we're a mess you know i i honestly that's why i say at the beginning of the episode we're gonna talk books we're gonna talk life and we're gonna talk everything in between i don't I kind of, you know, I've had authors before, you know, ask in advance, hey, you know, what questions are you going to ask during the chat? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I I start out with like a few basic questions and then I just kind of let it go where it's going to go because it's really authentic that way. And it's, you know, my listeners tend to really enjoy it. The few times I've prepared questions in advance, They've been really awkward, just like <laughs> insanely awkward. And so well, like, what, what did you ask? Were you, were you like, so when was your last bowel movement? Oh, <laughs> God, no, <laughs> we're not going to get that far into like personal lives. Jeez. Um, no, so but what was your divorce know? like? <laughs> <laughs> you want to discuss abortion? Um, um, I don't yeah, I don't have a whole lot of TMI filter anymore. I I tell people um, my um, my husband and I have been through almost five years of fertility struggles, um, and you know I'm sure a lot of my listeners and a lot of my followers on Twitter um, are aware of uh, what's been going on with us. I don't have a whole lot of TMI filter because <laughs> once you have been through almost five years of fertility treatments and doctors and all that kind of stuff, there's some parts of your private life that just don't really exist anymore. Oh, yeah. And I have to be I, I really it. careful about like you know, when I'm talking to somebody about our fertility struggles, I'm like, I'm sitting in the middle of my office at work. There's some things I just can't talk about. <laughs> and I can't mention 
in detail because you don't want to know. People walking through don't want to know. Um, so, okay, so, so basically, with that said, be careful with your questions about valve movements because I might just have like a really bad day and actually answer your question. No, no, no. I don't want to know. So it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I am... Um, I am going to set you going for just a second on um, talk about your inspiration and then um, real quick talk about, well, maybe not real quick, um, but talk about your books um, and be sure to mention your books. Um, I, I'm going to step away from the computer just real quick, but I will be back very shortly. Um, so have fun talking. I'll be right back. Oh, cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess my inspiration kind of comes from I don't know, kind of comes from everywhere. Sort of sort of weird. Um, my first book is The Countdown, and it's about an AI that starts a mysterious countdown. Um, yeah, I'm talking to myself here. This is weird. Um, it's okay, though. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I got that idea when I was sitting in a DMV one day, uh, oddly enough. Uh, I don't like to look at my phone a lot. I'm not, like, one of those people. Uh, so I was, I was just kind of sitting in the DMV, like, kind of... Uh, letting my mind wander and they have this big screen that's calling out people's numbers. You take a number and the screen calls you and you go to the skate or whatever. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the screen and all of a sudden like this loud ding happens and uh, a countdown shows up on the screen, right? Like counting down from, I think it was like 24 seconds, right? And it's, it's, I'm looking at this countdown and I'm looking around and other people start noticing this countdown. It's on the screen, right? And it's it's just counting down, ding, 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 right? And uh yeah, so I'm just I'm sitting here and it's getting to 10, getting to five, getting to four, and like I'm like leaning forward in my chair, like what is gonna what is this thing counting down to? Is is the screen about to explode? Um and it nothing happens. It hits zero and it, and a loud ding goes on and they call the next number. And I'm, I, I just remember sitting in the DMV and thinking to myself, what the hell was that? <laughs> what was that? Except that I was really fascinated by how, like, the countdown of a clock, like, had had everybody's attention for a minute. You know, a after it stopped counting down, everything went, went back to normal and everybody resumed looking at their phones. And but it, so I wrote I wrote a book based on that, on that basically. <laughs> so that's the first book in the series. It's a three book series. Um I have a hard time explaining the other books uh, without giving away what happened in the first, second, and third books. So it's a three-book series. It's called, uh, the first book is The Countdown, second book is Connecting, and the third book is called Parody Files. Uh, I'll, I'll say the first book is about an AI that starts a countdown. The second book is about dealing with the consequences of what happened during that countdown and what what happened to the characters, you know, inside. It's more, it's a book kind of about human connection and how people connect and how, you know, stuff like that. Uh, the third book, Parody Files, is utter and total chaos, which fits me to a T, <laughs> basically. Hey, you can't go wrong with a little bit of chaos. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've been told by a lot of uh, uh, beta readers and, and other readers, people that have read my books, that I, I don't really give people a, a rest. Um, I oh, don't really, uh, my, stories, my stories do not give people like a break. Like it's, it's, I do the setup, things happen, and then it's utter chaos until the end, and then it ends. <laughs> okay. Mm. Um, yeah, can't, can't go wrong with a little bit of chaos, though. That's, um, 
there was a, a book that I read um, a while back called uh, The Passengers okay. by um, John Marr. Mar? Sounds right. I don't know. I could be. I honestly could be wrong on that. Uh, I will have to look it up. I'll make sure it gets in the show notes. But based on that book, if self-driving cars become a thing, Pam's not getting a self-driving car. <laughs> have it, you ever seen Upload? Not happening. Huh? Have you ever seen Upload on Amazon? I have. I, I love that show. Yeah, yeah. We His self-driving car kills him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, sort of. I don't want to get yeah. I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, these in the passengers, basically the cars are considered unhackable, and somebody actually hacks into five of them and sends them on a timed collision course with each other. Nice. And it, yeah. Um, so I again can't say too much about it um i could totally spoil the end for you um no no no. i i might read it Um, (laughs) but yeah it was um and then the another book that he wrote um was called uh the one and i don't think i haven't read that one yet um but that one is you find your soulmate through dna okay i um black mirror kind of did something like that so yeah and um i don't read many mainstream books um so which is probably why i haven't gotten to that one yet but um but yeah the passengers i will not be doing the whole self-driving car thing no no sign sign me up i'm up for an adventure i want that thing to take me somewhere random (laughs) i say yes to life pamela (laughs) i you know i do in some ways but yeah, I I don't know. I I so, yeah, I, would so, let, I would probably yeah. let my husband hack my self-driving car, but he'd be like the only one. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I I get inspiration from all over the place. Uh, the DMV uh, music a lot of times when I'm, but only when I'm driving in my car. Music when I'm driving in my car for some reason I get I get ideas. Um, I've gotten ideas from dreams. Uh, by the way, I'm a sleepwalker, so that's fun. That's a, I can't even wait when I'm asleep, apparently. Um, uh, so what um, you had mentioned before uh, we hit recording, what are you working on right now? Uh, sure. So I'm right. So uh, I, I like to write science fiction comedy. Um, I just like science fiction, but I'm not really all about like. I don't like space science fiction. Um, I'm sort of being picky here, although I loved, um, I just read Project Hail Mary and I loved it. Uh, so maybe I shouldn't say that. Most of the time I don't like space science fiction. Sometimes I do. Um, and I don't really like ultra futuristic science fiction. I don't, I don't enjoy reading it. If that's for you, cool. Although I've read ultra, you know what? I, 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 I like those. It's fine. I just don't like to write them, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, well, so you're, your statement um, about books is kind of similar to my statement about music. You know, I'm like, I like all everything except country music. Well, yeah, but I like this song by this one artist. 
And, you know, I I don't like jazz, but I like this one <laughs> song by Frank Sinatra. And, you know, I don't like the Beatles or Beach Boys, but I like Kokomo, you know. So it's, you know, you can, you know, what I will usually say in regards to books, uh, books and genres, is I don't like much historical fiction, but the occasional one will grab me. I don't read much romance or erotic romance, but occasionally one will grab me. So it's it really depends on the book. You know, yeah, yeah. only I think about the only genre I've ever said that I don't like period is poetry. Even okay. with that said, I agreed to read my friend Marcus's poetry book. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, I, I, so I guess the best way to describe uh, the Countdown series, is what I call it, um, is uh, it's Earth-based science fiction comedy. Science fiction first, comedy second. Um, I can't not write comedy. I've tried to write things serious, and it it just turns into comedy. Like it's like no, this is a this is a this is a serial killer. It's not supposed There's to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he making fun jokes? That's not funny. Serial killers can be serial killers can be funny. Did you see Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I mean, I did. I love Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That's one of my favorite movies. I I I actually saw it for the first time the other day, and because you you probably saw my um, Uber viral for me tweet uh with the picture of alan tudyk saying hey without saying his name who is this i guess you're the look on your I, face says you didn't see it i did not um, i'm so sorry <laughs> it was it it took probably five days for it to calm down um and Dang. and for me to stop getting replies yeah it was crazy and just about everybody said it was either Wash from Firefly, um, the uh, Watt, I think it was his name, from A Knight's Tale, Steve mm. the Pirate from Dodgeball, and then there was like a couple other characters um, from him, um, t uh, Dale from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And so, you know, I'm like, I should probably, I love Alan Tudyk. I think he's an amazing actor. I was like, I need to like give this stuff a shot. Started watching Firefly. Got about four episodes in, maybe five. And no. I, <laughs> I am, okay, so, I am so, so sorry to all of the Firefly <laughs> fans out there. But I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. We're both going to get canceled now. That's a, this is a we're done. Yeah, no, um, right. People are just never going to listen to the podcast again. Um, I, I, I really tried. I really, really tried to like Fire Firefly. Like everyone, all my friends were saying, like you had like Firefly is so great, it's so great. I did the same thing. I got four episodes in, and I was like, I'm sorry, this just doesn't click for me. Every every. It was every the, once in a while, like you, you, you find that bit of media that everybody likes, and you're just like, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like, I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, all stories are are good stories, you know, in 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 a sense. Um, 
some stories start for something. All stories are worthy stories. All stories are worthy stories. Not all stories are good stories. (laughs) Well, okay, fair, fair. (laughs) But like, I mean, I I guess I would like to say, um, you know, there's certain media that might not might not be for you. You know, Um, I'm sure some people would read my books and hate them, and some people would like them, and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I will always tell people I'm like just because I am not choosing to read your book or you know just because I didn't like a particular genre or a particular book it doesn't mean that nobody else is going to yeah 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 and so you know my my opinion carries a lot of weight for some people doesn't carry a whole lot of weight for a lot of other people still going to share my opinion based on you know those few people who put a lot of weight behind my opinion but that doesn't mean that the books that i don't recommend that doesn't mean they're bad books it just means yeah, yeah. They weren't for me but to that point we watched my husband and i watched tucker dale versus evil last weekend i loved it it was hilarious i'm like okay this is I was expecting something similar to like Army of Darkness. Yeah, like, yeah. The evil Dead, you know. But then, you know, at the same time, I'm like, well, it's Alan Tudyk. He was Steve the Pirate. So you kind of expect a, a certain level of comedy. It was hilarious. Like the movie was awesome. So hopefully my hopefully my love of Tucker and Dale mitigates a little bit of my dislike for firefly sorry guys i i love nathan fillion i love alan tudyk but yeah i i can't i don't think that i'm gonna be able to finish it and i'm fairly sure that i'm glad it was only one season did you ever see um hot fuzz no that's all that's whole other discussion <laughs> i know i know but like so, I, so it's I kind of um, simon simon Pegg. while i love him as an actor yeah. i don't like very many of his movies dang okay i might cancel you from my brain after seeing that no. <laughs> i i mean i i adore him as an actor like i i loved him as scotty in star trek Okay. Um, with Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible, I love him as an actor. Some of the movies that he does are a little too dumb for me. Shaun of the Dead. I don't watch very much zombie stuff. My husband yeah. loves them though. My my husband loves Simon Pegg movies. Like he even oh. watched the um the TV show the um. What was it? And we're almost we're almost to an hour, so we're gonna have to like start wrapping it oh. up very quickly. Um, but it was like the the guy who had like the internet show that did like ghost hunting or something. I I don't even remember. Ghost facers? No, that's yes. a supernatural thing. Or some something similar to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's even watched, he's even watched that. So my, my husband is like a huge Simon Pegg fan. Um, but 
I and while I love his acting, there's just a lot of his movies that I'm like, it's just not my thing. So, all right. yeah, all right, all right. But I but I do love him as an actor. So I am not like, it's it has nothing to do with his <laughs> acting ability. It's just some of the roles and some of the movies that he chooses to do are just not. It's the movies themselves that aren't my thing, not his acting. All right, all right. Can I can I throw out a show recommendation that based off of off of our conversation that I think you will like, and it's kind of obscure, but it's Movie one of my favorite shows of all time. Okay. Yes. Uh, Peep Show. It's, Peep it's, Show. Yeah, it's a British comedy, okay. and it's it's genius and hysterical, and I love that show to death. Okay, <laughs> I will see if I can. I'll see if I can find it. Um, all right. If it's not on any of my streaming services, though, I can't make any promises, but That's I will give it a shot. <laughs> um, okay, so real quick, we've got about four minutes left. All right. Um, let's see if we can get through one book recommendation from you, because I've recommended one, and then tell people where they can find you online to come hang out. Sure, sure, yeah. Um... God, my one one book recommendation. I follow an author called Sarah Sarah J. Sover, um, S-O-V-E-R. Um, she she wrote she writes some some good stuff. She's currently doing something called Fairy Godmurder, which I haven't gotten into, but I've, I, it just like she's got me with the she's got me with the little synopsis of it. So, and like I've read her past books, and and they're all really good. Um, and we've interacted online and stuff, so I know her. Um, what I'm currently reading right now, I picked this up at like a a, a thrift bookstore. is called The Girl with All the Gifts, and it like I am like four chapters in. I just started it um, last night. I am like four or five chapters in, and I am like hooked. It is an awesome. I love book. that. I love when <laughs> books do that. Oh, yeah. So the the so this was another one that got me with the blurb. Like check it out. Like the blurb is. Every morning, Melanie waits in her cell to be collected for class. When they come for her, Sergeant Parks keeps his gun pointing at her, while two of his people strap her into the wheelchair. She thinks they don't like her. She jokes that she won't bite, but they don't laugh. And, like, that's the synopsis. <laughs> so, okay, like, I need this book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's book. so good. Wow. Here, here's a... <laughs> I got well, it right here. Yep, I, yep I, I need the book. <laughs> um, I just finished Adjustment Day by Chuck Palahniuk. Um... If you're into like satirical politics stuff, I guess it's it was it was good. Um, I love Chuck Palahniuk. I'm a big fan of his. So uh, I, I I hate to say this, but I just recently read a book that I I absolutely did not like, and it was a it was a science fiction book, and it was a little bit too sci-fi. I know I sound like a sci-fi snob at this point, where I'm like, no, it can't be in space. No, it can't be this. No, it can't be like, what am I doing? Anyway. <laughs> It's okay. It I'm a, a fantasy bit... snob, so it's totally fine. I love fantasy too. Um, but yeah, there's a well, there's another guy, uh, Destin. He wrote a book called Tavern. Search for it on Amazon. It's it's pretty good too. It's kind of like a imagine like orcs, but like a, a sort of like James Bondy in a sense. It's it's pretty good. Interesting. Justin okay, Destin so, London. So real quick before. Um, you tell people where to find you. If you like satirical um, fiction, check out uh, The 10% Thief by Lavanya Lakshmina Ryan. I could be 
totally butchering her name. I'm so sorry. I actually wrote a book review of it just recently. Um, so it'll be over on my website. But um, it's basically, it's a satire over how social media and exposure to social media basically runs our lives. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, They've it got does. a style in. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, I absolutely loved the book. Um, and I, it's, it was so good. It's one of those, it has very little dialogue. And you would think that that would be kind of boring, but it's not. No, was, some, some people can pull it off. It, it was very, very good. Um, but yeah, again, I really hope I didn't butcher her name because it's so much fun to say. Um, but yeah, The 10% Thief, if you like satire um, or political commentary or anything like that, definitely check that one out. Um, okay, so uh, we're pulling up on an hour. So real quick, uh, tell people where they can find you. This has been an absolute blast. I could honestly have this like a three-hour podcast. I I can't do that to my listeners. So. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, sure. So uh, I'm mainly active on Twitter um, under uh, it's Tufted Squirrel um, at Tufted Squirrel. But if you search for Carl Wrights, uh, and that's my website too, CarlWrights.com. Search for Carl Wrights, I'll I'll come up, and you'll see like in my little uh, description it says like you know author of the Countdown series and Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, and that's about it. You can find me under a thousand followers, people. So come on, hook them up. <laughs> um, I have I have an Instagram account, but I mainly just post hockey stuff there because I play hockey and I can't not commit to something hundred percent. It's weird. <laughs> I totally yeah. I I totally get it. I again, <laughs> we could have a three hour podcast, probably just talking about our like 100% commitment to everything. <laughs> yeah, crazy. yeah. Yeah. So, well, Carl, it has been an absolute blast. This hour flew by. Like Yeah, crazy I know. It. How quickly this hour went by. I kept expecting my husband to walk in the door. Um he's been out uh, doing stuff this morning and he didn't even like come inside. So, um I didn't have to go wandering through my house to um, to head in the other room. But um, but yeah, it has been absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Seriously, like I, I I listen to your podcast and I read your blog and you know yeah you've got some you've got some good stuff and some great writers resources and thank I'm you. sorry I have a I I would totally use you as an editor but I I have an aunt that. If you, sh I'm Italian, and if you shake an Italian tree long enough, like you'll find what you're looking for. So that's Perfect. that's what happens. My, my husband is Italian, so yeah, I get it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so uh, she she is a she was an editor professionally, so she edits my books. Nice. Um, nice. But maybe yeah. I'll hit you up well, for beta you reading services. Or... You, <laughs> yeah, you you can't go wrong with with you know using an using an ant for stuff like that. So yeah, it's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I will, um, I'll see you on Twitter and we'll see if we can't get you some more followers on Twitter. Yeah, get, right. some, get you some new friends is what I call them. <laughs> so anyway, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. I will have this episode up, uh, probably sometime tomorrow or Monday, hopefully tomorrow. going to cross my fingers. Um, 
but yeah, um, it's been a blast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Have a great weekend. <laughs> All right, you too. All right, bye.